Each week on the New Hope Podcast, you'll hear messages and stories that are built on the bedrock of God's truth and discover practical ways to apply the gospel to your life and relationships. Thanks for listening and being a part of the New Hope family. Welcome in, New Hope family. This is Dan. I'm sitting here with Pastor Keith today. Yes, and I'm glad to be sitting here today. (laughs) Yeah, glad to be back with you, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, uh, church, we've been in a series called, uh, you know, Connect, and and it's been centered about relationships and um, just kind of all the different aspects of relationships. And so we've been walking through, this is our third sermon in the series. And so, um, man, I've really enjoyed the time just being able to talk through relationships, especially in a year where we've experienced isolation for, for so long, you know? And so, um, there, there's some aspect of it where I I was at a group gathering last night, our our grill and chill, uh, with worship. I'm sorry. I missed it. I was planning to be there. It was really fun. It was really fun. And and it's always interesting to get back into large groups because, because not every Everyone has been in a large group, right? right? And so there's truly a different social dynamic there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so we've been talking about shared values, right? right. Uh, so this past weekend, you talked about shared values in, in the Connect series. And right. um, in your sermon, you started out and you said something very impactful to me in the very beginning. And it was this, you, you said, I can fool myself when I look to heaven, right? but I can't fool myself when I look to home. Right. Why is home such a litmus test for us and for the spiritual health of our our, our spiritual health and relationship yeah. with God? Yeah. Well, first of all, because it's every day. I mean, uh, if there's anybody who knows me well, uh, it's my wife and my family because they're the ones who live with me on a constant, consistent basis as well as just uh, an intimate basis. They know me the best. I mean, that, so that's the part of the reason I believe that's a a litmus test of sorts for how how my spiritual life is going. Um, and and I, I don't know any other way to say it than that, that they just know you best and they know when you're full of baloney and, <laughs> and when you're not. I mean, when you're being genuine and when you're not. You can fool people that don't know you well. I mean, you can put the mask on. I can have this persona up on the platform. Right. Uh, but whether that's meaningful or not or real – is really played out on the stage of intimate relationships, really close relationships. And the home is the first um, obvious place to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's always, you can't, you can't fool your wife. No. You know, yeah, it's non-abstract. Like I said, on Sunday, my, my relationship with God is to a degree abstract because he's not right here in front of me. I mean, yeah. it, physically, I can't see him with my eyes. I can know him, I can sense him, I can experience him, but it's it's not the same. Yeah. And so with my wife, it's it's just every day and very real. So yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. So there's this uh, uh, that that concept of man right there in front of you, mm-hmm. right? We're together right. Uh, all the time, right? And and even even though like my wife is not all knowing, she knows right. a lot and she knows me, right? Uh, we God, don't tell her that, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, you know, I, God is all knowing, right. and He does know us uh, intimately, right? right? He's the one who created us, and and so I, I do think it's it's always interesting to see, man, our our relationship with our spouse or our home or or, or kid or whatever, right. right? Like they are deep relationships, yep. but there's an even deeper relationship, and that 
that's the relationship yeah. we have with God. That's right. And that's right. and He knows us better than we know ourselves. Exactly right. And, yes. And even our closest relationships, like like family, mm-hmm. right? They 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 don't know us necessarily better than ourselves. Right. And, and yeah, there's a limitation on that side. But yeah, the main point, and I think you picked up on it, was uh, how I can fool myself because yeah. God does know me that well. You're exactly right, but. I don't know myself, and I can fool myself. Even. Yeah, uh, Bible even talks about that fooling ourselves. So um, uh, anyway, I agree with that on the other end of it. To heaven, looking at it from an eternal perspective, He knows us well. And uh, you know, you boil, boil it all down in terms of the relationship topic. If He does know us better than ourselves, and He He can see through all the the junk and the ingenuineness or whatever it is when we're fooling ourselves. Doesn't it make sense to follow his lead on relationships? I yeah, mean, he's the one that's all knowing. We aren't, as you pointed out. Absolutely, absolutely. Why? Why does a love for God bring about a love for life? That's a great question. I, because I, I think, in part, because God is the center of life. He's the creator of life. Mm. He's the, he's what inspires life. That's not uh, self focused, for one thing. Because yeah. our natural bent is to be in mine is to be about self on a natural basis uh, the first person i consider is me mm. but if i'm inspired by christ according and doing it the way jesus did it uh and we're gonna look at that sunday i'm inspired to consider the other person first that's right and, and so i i think i think in essence if i put it in a nutshell it he inspires a love for life because he's the creator of life. He's the essence of life. Uh, that's just where it's going to come from. There is, is no other source to know abundant life other than Christ. Yeah. And if he's the creator of life and he's the essence of life. Right. And he's where life comes from. Yep. It would make sense that the fullness, that abundant life, that John 1010 life right. would only come with and through him. Right. Exactly right. Yes. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, you get you get some kind of crib or you're building a bookcase or something. You're trying to put the parts together. Sometimes we get prideful and <laughs> thinking, I can just figure this out without the instructions. Have but you the ever instructions, done yes, I have. I- Ikea without instructions? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> uh, or a kid's bike, you know, growing up, all the different things we put together. Absolutely. Sometimes you end up with extra bolts or screws and you, <laughs> yep. you kind of wonder, okay, what <laughs> happened there? And so how often do we just skip over the instructions when they're right there? Mm-hmm. And this is God's word. I mean, it's not a self-help manual. I've said that many a times. It's about how your relationship with God is built. And then from there, he gives you the capacity to have greater relationships with one another. That's so true, man. We were so, so brave. Got a, a, tool toy set yep. uh, for his birthday. Ah. Uh, and so when my parents were here, we were trying to put it together uh-huh. and the, the instructions were not very clear. Yeah. And so there was like a couple screws that were supposed <laughs> to go in this thing. We're like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's not a hole here. It right. doesn't connect to anything. We're trying to figure it out. Right. Right. And so eventually we did just that. We left out two of the screws <laughs> and I'm like, man, I hope he, this thing's like, the fall best. down. Yeah. You know, like absolutely hope yeah. for the best. Right. Yeah, you hope they 
don't build airplanes that way when you get on one, I guess, huh? <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Uh, but yeah. having been a part of building airplanes, right. it happens oh, yeah, sometimes. I forgot. I yeah, forgot about that. It happens yeah. sometimes. So. Aerospace industry. Yeah. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> but it, it, God, God does. You're right. It, the, the the Bible isn't an instruction manual. It's not a guide to life. It's not right. our. It's not our path. It's God's word, right? right. But he's he is also not unclear. Correct. And what he has asked of right. us, right? And he does show us, hey, there are shared right. values as Christians. And in Christ, we have shared values yes. that give us that capacity for relationships beyond anything that we could ever produce on our own. Yes. Well, yes. What are right. some of the, like, what? So, so you know, to, to me, Dan, it's, it's what I love about God's word is, yes, it is truth and principle and values. But it's not just that. In other words, God doesn't leave the values and the principles in the abstract. Yeah. He he brings them right down to earth. That's what Jesus was all about. He brought God. Mm-hmm. That's pretty abstract and made him concrete. Yeah. Jesus, you know, God's standing right in front of you and you can know him on a, on a deeper level. And he does that. You look in Ephesians and in many other places in the New Testament and in the old, there's examples of this is where he, he shows us. Here's what these values mean in your relationships with one another on a very practical, real basis. Speak the truth in love, for example. Yeah. Uh, be, don't don't insist on being first. Be last. Come here. We'll look at this Sunday. Uh, Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. I came to sacrifice, not to get something from others. So. Mm. He tells us how to do it. He didn't leave it in the the values land is in the abstract. Now, both are important. The values, you can't get to the practice till you understand the values. But yeah. God's word gives you both. Yeah, he does give us both. You know, and, and I think one of the things you said was that the, the capacity to have meaningful relationships begin with your relationship with Christ. Right. Yes. And so there's no way to have meaningful relationships yep. without Jesus. Not, not on the level that he can help you mm-hmm. have. I think I think we can have them to a degree, but it's a very limited degree. Yeah, when it's based on self and self effort. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And, and commonality, right? Right. And so yeah, there's something good. There's something good about having common interests, right? Right. The NFL draft is coming up. Yeah. I I I, I like football, mm-hmm. like unabashedly. That's a that's right. that's an interest of mine, right. right? And I can share that with somebody else. But there's not a depth of life that comes out of football. There's no. just fandom. No, that's right. Right. And I love the book, uh, Not a Fan, yeah. for that reason. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to stand on the sidelines and look at Christ from the distance and just even uh, admire his the idea of Jesus. And it's quite different to follow him. Yes. Get on the field and get in the game, so to speak, and walk with him in the lead. Give him the, the lead of your life. Absolutely. And so, and so for for. Those of us, right, who may be in a relationship, uh-huh. uh, maybe you got saved after you were married, maybe something happened, right. whatever. But being in a relationship with someone that doesn't share the same values that you have, right? What What do you do? Yeah, and that's because I've run into that, and we've every church I've served in, I've run into people who have chosen somewhere along the line in life to marry somebody, and they're not bad people necessarily, right. but they don't share their uh, biblically-based, Christ-based values. In yeah. other words, one's a believer and one's not. So this, the unequally yoked thing, 
I, I've seen more than one time. And the answer is it's it's not easy. It's a day-to-day struggle. I've seen God do some great things. I've seen I've known more than one couple where eventually the spouse who did not know Christ did come to faith in Christ ultimately. But it took years mm. of struggle and and just working through it one day at a time. So it's 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 a real struggle, and then you get to where you're raising kids, and how do we raise them by what set of values? Is it going to be Christ-based values, and are we going to be engaged in a church, or is it going to be self-chosen kind yeah. of set of values? And so uh, that that's a hard one when when you when you build intimacy, uh, and yeah. marriage is one of those intimate relationships. It, it can really present a challenge when they're they're not operating from the same basis. Absolutely, so. yeah, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why God calls us uh, to seek yes. after and to be equally yoked, right? So that we right. can have that depth of life because God yes. is the one who brings abundant life, yeah. right? Yep. And you also talked about in in the Psalms and Psalm thirty four how mm-hmm. how the believer is. Uh, desires to have good days, right? right. And, and that there are good days ahead. Right. And what is a good day? And, <laughs> and what makes a day good? Yeah, to, to me, uh, uh, a good day is sensing the presence of Christ in your life and experiencing the abundance of Christ. It, it's those times where, and ironically, a good day can be a bad circumstance. Mm-hmm. So it's knowing that he is with me and doing a work in me and through me, regardless of the circumstance. So you can have good days and bad days if if I'm not if I'm making any sense there. Yeah. Um, and it, I guess the essence of it to me is it's coming through once again Christ. I'm aware in the moment of his presence, whether it's a mountaintop that I'm loving being there circumstantially or it's a valley, when his presence in there, when I've been in those valleys at times, and I know there's other believers that can uh, relate to this, and I've experienced that peace that passes understanding. Yeah. Well, believe me, I I prefer mountaintops to valleys any day (laughs) of the week. There's no question. But that, that was good to experience the mm-hmm. peace that passes understanding when I'm in the valley. Because if I can have confidence in Christ in the valley, the mountaintops are easy. They're even more uh, significant and abundant to me. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if any of that answers your question or not. No, no, it does. Because good is so subjective. Yes, that's another abstract term. You're right. Right. Like one of the things people always ask you, hey, how are you doing? Right? Good. Yeah, right. Oh, well, yeah. Are, are you good? Like what? Yeah. What's your automatic what's so response? Good about it? Yeah. yeah. What's so right. good about it? Right. And so a, a lot of times I'll be like average or right. normal or whatever, and it's yeah. like, what's wrong? And I'm like, yeah, nothing's wrong. It's just <laughs> it's pretty normal. You know, God made the most yeah. of average. He must have liked it a lot. That's right. right. That's right. But that concept of good, we all see it differently. Right. And there's different flavors to good and what good means and what yeah. good looks like. Yeah. Knowing that good is experiencing. God, right. Right? right? And the peace that for, surpasses understanding. Right. Stand, un, wow, surpasses understanding, understanding <laughs> right? Um, that like that's where the goodness comes from because right. goodness is a characteristic of God. It's, it's a quality a of God. It's a gift from Him. Yeah, yeah. So we we tend to outside Christ. I think we tend to think of good as getting things the way I want them. Yeah. Circumstances, uh, feeling how I want to feel versus you know feeling stressed. I want to feel happy or, or you know any number of things. 
And none of those things that we desire are bad, but the essence of good to me is experiencing the presence of Christ, knowing mountaintops or valley, that he's right there with me. And number two, it's fulfilling the purpose of Christ in my life. When I know that I have meaning day to day in life, and then sometimes he lets me see the impact of what he's doing in and through my life mm-hmm. uh, in hindsight. I don't get to see it in the moment, but I get to see it in hindsight. And I don't even get to see all of it. It's it's just the uh, tip of the iceberg, I believe. Yeah. So that, that too drives the good is is fulfilling his purpose. Yeah. So let's let's talk yeah. about valleys. How okay. do we, how do we seek uh, hope in Christ if we're brokenhearted or in distress? Yeah. Well, well, one uh, I'm gonna state the obvious. Yeah. Stay close close to Christ. Keep praying. Keep pouring your heart. as what David did. Mm. Psalm thirty four thirty one. I mean, you can go all through the Psalms. He did not back away from his pain. He embraced it. He, he yep. said, God, this is awful. I'm distressed, and I need you. It's just acknowledging your need for him. So I, I think that's one. I, I think the other part r- aligns with our Connect series is we will walk through the valleys better together than we will apart. I yep. mean, we need the body of Christ. We need these relationships and community with other believers to really um, gain what can become good out of them. James chapter one, he said, count all joy, for mm. example, uh, when, when you experience trials. And the reason he could say that is because God will bring good out of even the worst of times. Yeah. Apart from Christ, I, I can only bring a limited amount of good if I really try hard. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe like if I get anything out of it. So you can either go through valleys or you can grow through the valley, so to speak. You can experience what God can bring out of those valleys. Uh, agreed. And I think community is so important yep. when you are in distress. Yes. When you are brokenhearted. Right. You know, we were meant to be together, to live life together. Yes. And I think there's sometimes fear of saying there's something wrong. Yeah. I, I I don't want to confess that there's a true issue or there's a depression yeah. or there's a sadness or because that's not going to make me right. look the way that I want to look or it doesn't right. hold up the image that I present of myself. Right. Man, right. how do we uh, and and I don't think there's like a silver yeah. answer to this, right. but like how do we how do we help kill that stigma? Because that's yeah. that's yeah. not that's no. not a biblical stigma. No, it's not at all. It's not genuine community when you can't when you can't come in with your pains as much as you come in with your joys. Right. You ought to be able to come in with whatever's going on, your baggage and everything. And we ought to be supporting and loving each other uh, regardless. So I think you kill that stigma to answer your question. Number one, one by talking about it, mm-hmm. by teaching. This is the perspective of God's word. This is how we tend to handle it. We hide things, personify ourselves, you know, all that garbage. God's word doesn't say do that. He says, mm-hmm. come like you are. Yep. Come just like baggage and all come just like you are and let God take it from there. Let Christ take it from there and he'll he'll do good things. And we're not perfect yet. No. Like no. We're we're not in the resurrection. Well, I might be, but hey, <laughs> but, no, no, I'm not I'm not anywhere near. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and feeling like I mean you were never called to be perfect. No, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Like God is well aware that we are we are still in sin. Yes. You know, we, we still yeah. sin. Yeah. Now we're no longer sinners. We're now saints. God, right. Jesus has saved us from our right. former identity. Right. But sin should not be a surprise to us. No. And in talking about sin, I mean, that's it's the whole like 
concept of admitting your mistake or mm-hmm. feeling Owning like, it. you know, right. saying I was wrong or, or, right. or whatever. Right. right. It, it's it, it's something that we can do to right. just own. Hey, I'm messed up. Right. I've sinned. Right. I've you know, I, I'm not I'm not OK because not all depression is sin. Oh, right. No, no. None like some all. of it's chemical. Right. And some of it is is warranted in the sense where something sad happened. Yes. And God, God has allowed us to process through grief. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And God doesn't, clearly, God doesn't have an issue with things like depression or sadness. Yeah. Because you see examples of it in Jeremiah. I mean, the, the prophet was ready to, to die after having a big victory. Yeah. He went down a valley. And you could come up with many other examples in Scripture uh, just God, he's not shocked at the fact that we get sad and depressed and anxious and distressed. It's all over the scriptures. Yeah. I think in Genesis six, like when, uh, the story of, of Noah, right? right. God looked at the earth and was grieved. Like yes. he was sad at the, yep. the state of humanity. Yeah. And that's why the flood came, you know, well, two, two simple words reflecting Jesus, Jesus wept. Yep. I, I've, I kiddingly tell my men's group all the time, if, you, if you're struggling with memorizing a, a Bible verse, go with that one. <laughs> Two words. Jesus wept. He didn't weep because he was happy. Mm-hmm. He wept because he was grieved. And yeah. so it, it's quite all right to feel those things. It, it's not the sin's not feeling those things. Yeah. It is what we do or don't do with them. Right. I, if I don't approach them in faith, um, and either deny or any number of things, that's when it can become a problem. Uh, yeah, man. That's so good. That's yeah. so good. Let's let's talk about the tongue. Okay. Let's talk about oh, the tongue. Oh, must we? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, man, I, I've uh, never lost an argument uh, when I've replayed it in my head a second time. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. You talked about James 3. Me that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll play it three times just to, just to uh, bounce, you know, bounce the ball in the end zone. And the victory Mentally, just increases yeah. oh, more and more. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So that, that James 3, talking about yeah. the taming of the tongue uh-huh. and in regards to relationships with others and not, not going scorched earth yeah. with your words and yeah. focusing on winning the fight rather than um, uh, the value of the relationship. Well, yeah. if the overflow of our heart from that, the mm-hmm. mouth speaks, Luke 6.45, yeah. right. how do we guard our heart and train and tame our heart Right. Uh, and, and guard our mouth at the same time? Right. Uh, just to care more about the other person mm-hmm. rather than wanting to win in the heat of the moment. Yeah, that's a transformation over time, in, in my view. It's not overnight, but over time. Uh, as as I understand God's word, like uh, James chapter 3 and the warnings and Proverbs and different places on mm-hmm. how we speak to one another, uh, then I hopefully become more conscious the next time there's a conflict or a time where I could just go with scorched earth and God's spirit checks me and mm. holds me back. I, I've, I've experienced that at times. Now, again, I don't do this perfectly because I've blown it and still blow it. But there have been times where I believe God gave me a calmness in the moment that I would not have had apart from Christ and had I not been grounded over time and allow him to do some transformative work in my heart. Mm. So when there's that victory, I know two things. It's coming from the truth of his word, and it's coming from the the uh, reality of his presence in my life. His His spirit will help you gain a consciousness of, uh, when it's tempting to pop off uh, in the heat of a moment. Yeah. 
And I think another one I would add on there is the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. I think you ought to have relationships where you confess, hey, I'm really, I have a short temper and I'm struggling with this. And let people pray for you. And even when they're around you, say, hey, you were a little bit short to that person. Maybe you shouldn't have been. And encourage them to go apologize for it. Own it. Mm. Because that's better for the relationship, right? So I think it's three things. His word, his presence, and the body of Christ, the community of Christ. That can Mm. really help. Yeah, yeah, and we have to be willing to receive correction from other people. Yeah, yeah. and to be held accountable. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's a good thing. It's a hell it may not feel good in the moment, but after you get past the initial accountability part, or the challenge, <laughs> if you will, uh, then you see it as a good thing. You you see it that that was a God thing. Yeah. You talked about uh, the consequences for our sin towards the end of the, the sermon. Right. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that, uh, especially in relationship to the tongue, right? Yeah. So the, we, when you say words, right, right, they can't be unsaid. Right. There's no like 15 seconds back button, you know? Right. right. Um, man, what are, as far as consequences of sin, uh, we know that Jesus has saved us from sin. Uh-huh. But he hasn't saved us from the consequences of sin, meaning right. he doesn't he, he doesn't uh, there's no whiteout. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we still experience the consequences right. from our sins. So what's the difference between Jesus having saved us from our sins versus right. saving us from the consequence that, of our sins? That's a great question. So so in my estimation, he saves me from my sin in the sense that it doesn't control me. So mm. if if. If I don't know Christ and I'm not working on overcoming a short temper, uh, the anger kind of issues where I'm doing a lot of destructive things in my relationships because I want to be right more than I want to build up the relationship, then then I am enslaved. I'm not just experiencing those consequences. I'm actually enslaved by them. I'm enslaved by the sin itself. Jesus frees me from being enslaved. It was that first John 1, 9. Mm-hmm. He, he not only says, I'll forgive you of your sin if you'll own them, uh, mm-hmm. but he says he'll he'll remove the, the, the unrighteousness from your life, the control of that sin on your life. So I, th- I think that's the biggest piece to me is I don't have to be controlled by that. Even when I blow it, I can confess and own and go down the road of redemption with a person that I've hurt, for example, uh, I've got that choice in Christ. I don't really, if apart from him. Um, but the next time, if he's working my life, there's a great opportunity for us not to need the road of redemption. I don't even mm. say the words in the first place. Mm. He, he checks my heart and my spirit. So to, to me, it, it's about when I know Christ and I sin, I fail. It doesn't remove me from God's presence because that's Christ has fixed that once and for all. But the secondary piece of that is that when I know Christ and I do sin as a believer, he removes the controlling part of that off of my life. I don't have to give in to it. I have another choice. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't know if any of that's making sense or not, but that's no, a good it, question. It does. And, that, man, a couple of things that just kind of come into my mind is that it, it's kind of circular, isn't right. it? Uh, in a way, yes, I agree. Yeah. If, if I understand what you're getting at, yeah. So you talked about blotting out. Yeah. And, and you know, how, how that means, hey, as you're, as you're continuing right. in sin, right, you're right. walking away from God and that relationship right. is getting broken. Uh-huh. Well, as that happens— Oftentimes, your relationships with other people are also being broken. Exactly right. They're connected, right? They are. Yeah. 
And, you know, you speaking of being connected, mm -hmm. there's a Bluetooth. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, those four guys got all oh, their stuff yeah. stolen. Yeah. It and makes me think twice about leaving anything in yeah. my car, you know? Like I said, public service announcement. You got something you could walk away with. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, man, when I go to lunch, I'm going to take my Turn laptop on. in now, you know? Either like, that or airplane mode if it's easier to do that. A hundred percent. So why, why do you think that following God allows for a greater capacity to connect to one another versus not following? Because it's coming from him. He's got a greater capacity for love. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it very straightforward. I believe it's first John, if I remember, God is love. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just love, but he is. His essence, he's perfect love. So just on a rational basis, it makes sense that if I'm I'm doing my relationships with one another from him, inspired by him, then it's a greater capacity mm -hmm. than it would be on my own. I'm limited on what I can do, but God's not, he's not limited on what he can do in and through me. If, if I only trust him. Yeah. So it's just to me, it's a little bit of common sense. If he truly is who he claims to be Christ, and I believe he is, uh, then he, he's got a greater capacity to love that he can inspire me to. Mm -hmm. Now, over time, it's not going to happen overnight again. It's over time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the first sermon that you, you taught in the series was about uh -huh. need for relationships. Yeah. The yep. second one was about the diversity, right? right? And how the body of Christ is, is diverse. Yeah. And, and now it's about shared values, mm -hmm. right? And so just that kind of that concept of building it out. Right. One, we do all need relationships. Two, we're all different, right. but we're all the same in Christ as right. Christians right. because we have that set of shared values, exactly. right? Exactly. We're unified we from are. the inside out. Right. Absolutely. And if we would just follow it, right. if we would just do that. And, and we're a reflection of who God is, right. you know, and and we we transgress against God all the time. We right. offend God all the time with our sin. Right. And I think oftentimes, especially with the tongue, mm -hmm. uh, there there's that 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 idea of, hey, we always have to win. We have to right. fight back. We have to. Why not just rather be wronged? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, Jesus was wronged. Yeah, exactly. And he was willing to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about that passage in James you mentioned that we referred to on Sunday. That's kind of a reference. He talks about it being such a small part of the body, a small spark can set off a whole forest fire. I mean, we can understand even today when a lightning strike hits, you know, Yosemite National Park or Yellowstone or some big park with a lot of trees around, just one lightning strike can cause a lot of damage yeah. ultimately when it burns out of control. Absolutely. And that's what words can do. We forget that. I think we we kind of buy into the uh, oh the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a simple word for that baloney. <laughs> it's just not true. You can do more damage with your words than I think you can do with sticks and stones, quite frankly. Yeah. In our relationships together. So Dave Barnes is a is a singer uh -huh. uh, and and he has a song called Sticks and Stones. Oh really? Okay. And so he 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 sings the sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will beat the life out of me. <laughs> and and do, doesn't it? Oh, I mean yeah. like words stay Absolutely. with you. They cut to the core. Yes. They for some reason our communication yep. just gets remembered in a way that pain doesn't get remembered. Right. Right. No, not physical pain versus uh, spiritual emotional pain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It runs a lot deeper. And, the, right. and that's why with taming of the tongue mm -hmm. and taming of the heart, right. right? Guarding your tongue because right. you have a heart that's right. 
been tamed by mm-hmm. by Jesus, right? right? And by the truth of God's word and by these shared values, mm-hmm. we can we can move forward, right? right? In treating one another and caring for right. one another in our relationships right. in a godly way. Yeah, it's taking on the mind of Christ, as Paul puts it in First Corinthians. That's good. It, it's just day by day learning to see my relationships, my life, my circumstances through the eyes of Christ. And when yes. I start seeing them differently, I'll start responding differently over mm. time Yeah, when I'm following him. So it's good. What's the, what's the best thing that you learned that uh, you didn't get to teach? Oh, in terms of Sunday, you mean? Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, Time time flies when you went to the ER yesterday. So I tell you, <laughs> yeah. uh, my my life's a blur because of Monday. But uh, um, I I would say just the the thing. It's always because when I'm doing a topical yeah. series, I'm taking a very focused part of a whole chapter or even a whole book in the Bible. Right. So I I would say that there are some amazing descriptions of what it means to follow God, to have a really close relationship with him. That's even more in depth in Psalm 34 that we didn't have time to cover. Uh, so I guess I would point to that. Most of all, the Psalm itself is just so rich mm. in, in how David describes his relationship with God and, and the value of that relationship ultimately Yeah, that I, I, I didn't have time to get into it on Sunday. Yeah, in the processing of his yeah. emotions and yes. all of the above yeah, being with real. the Lord. Just be real. Yeah. Yeah. Another reason, right? right. Uh, we can be real with one another because we can be real with the Lord. That's right. That's a, that's a reflection of our Absolutely. relationship with God. Yep. No doubt. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up there. Okay. This has been that fun, brother. Good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you're feeling better. I am. I am glad I'm feeling better too. Those kidney stones are no fun. That, and of course, New Hope knows I've had several of those. This is part of my family tree unfortunately i'm irrationally scared of getting a kidney stone Uh, like man well maybe y'all just get one get it over with face your fears i'll share one of mine with you next time how about that that sounds great i'll bear your burden yeah fantastic (laughs) it'll be a big one i believe it i believe it but uh hey uh for for everybody who's tuning into the podcast thank you so much um we we've got an opportunity to uh help uh, let our podcast be a little bit more accessible. And so if right. you, whatever platform you're on, there's there's a way to uh, either write a review or subscribe or put stars by it and to, to rate it. Uh, we, we don't have any desire to go to the top of the charts or anything. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But just from a simple search fact, right. being able to type in New Hope Church, that, that that's what a lot of people do. Type in New Hope FBC will be the first one. Right. But regardless, if you just type in New Hope, we're 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 a couple of scrolls down the page. Mm-hmm. The more people that we can get to write reviews or, or to put stars right. on there or something like that, five stars, like that will help move it up and allow it to be more accessible to our people. And that's right. really what we want to see happen. Yeah. So and share that with people that might get something from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So go ahead and do that. Um, do it for us. And uh, thank you in advance uh, for being willing to do that. It takes a couple seconds, but yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. I already I stole my dad's phone and I uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I wrote a review on his phone. So, so don't steal phones. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, borrow your phone. Got it. Well, love you guys. Thanks for being with us today.